Vine Pair's New York City headquarters, I'm Adam Teeter. And I'm Joanna Sherino. And this is the Vine Pair Podcast. And today, we're having a really exciting conversation with Stevie Kim, the queen bee of all things Italian wine. If you don't know who Stevie is and you're interested in Italian wine at all, you will know after this podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I met Stevie five or six years ago now um, here in New York City. And, you know, the second I met Stevie, I realized how connected she was in the world of Italian wine. I think so much of the stuff that happens in the business of wine via Italy is because of her. So, Stevie, your actual title, we're going to bring you in. How you doing? <laughs> Hi, Stevie. Hey, hey, hey. Low expectations, you guys. Yeah, okay. Yeah, low expectations. <laughs> so your actual, title, like that. your actual title is Managing Director of Vin Italy International. Um, yes. But you do so much more than that. So, first yeah, of all, I drink most of it, so I <laughs> contribute grossly to the GNP of Italian wine. So you're from important. you're from New York originally, right? Yes. Well, actually, I was born in Korea. Hence okay. Kim, Stevie Kim, uh, like the eighty percent of Korean population, and then um, then I grew up stateside in New York City, and then my original sin is Italian. Okay. Uh, in particular, I have one husband in Verona. So only one husband. <laughs> yes. Where are the others? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I want to um, punctualize that fact. I do have one husband. Nobody thinks I have a family. You see, so oh, because you travel so much. Yeah, people, I don't, you know, I don't bring baggage to like events like you, you know, you got your all lovey-dovey with your wifey and everything. I'm just not like that. I want to separate my life, private life and my work life. I hear so, that. Yeah. So, so you, so when did you move to Italy? How did you, how did this career happen for you from someone who's living in New York? Were you a wine lover when you were in New York? I'm like, I got to go to Italy and I see this sort of path for myself or can you give no, us a little bit of a backstory? No, no, absolutely. What happened was I took a sabbatical. I was working for Pricewaterhouse and I know, I know, don't, <laughs> no comments, no comments needed. Um, and I took a year sabbatical because, you know, I don't know if you know, I don't know how many days you give um, vacation time to your colleagues and employees, but in New York at the time, there were like as an entry level consultant, you only got two weeks of holidays mm-hmm. and I got tired of that. So I said, you know what, I'll take a year off because I had the opportunity to go sailing with my friends um, from Austria. They're professional sailors and going to sailing in Greece for two months. Oh, wow. So I was like, I was like, oh, that's so that's so American, you know, to think like, wow, you know, Greece, two months sailing. Wow. So romantic. It was really horrible experience. <laughs> but because we, we never like, you know, actually, I never felt land, you know, like we all we did everything on on the boat, you know, eating, drinking, washing in the seaside. So, you know, after two months, we nearly died twice. Anyways, to cut to the chase, I stopped in Verona because I had some friends in Verona. So um, I stopped in Verona because I used it as my base. And then I stayed. And um, when I came back, I met, yes, my husband, not very romantic. Uh, It's it's I mean, it's very, very, you know, it's like what you think of, like, you know, American coming to Italy, meeting an Italian person. I got married and then I stayed because it is very much uh, so much easier for women to adapt than men to adapt to another environment. 
as you know. So I <laughs> sacrificed and stayed in Italy, which wasn't too bad. So, wow. and then I did my MBA uh, in Bocconi, and um, I, I had a lot of problem, you know, thinking about, um, I guess accommodating, adapting myself to the companies because I'm very strong-willed. So I started my own company, which was the greatest thing, and then um, which was to work with my husband. And that was, it, it was fine in the beginning. You know, like, you know, you know, when you get, first get married, I, I don't know how, you, how long you guys have been married, but when I um, first got married, everything seemed so wonderful. I could work with this man for rest of my life. And uh-huh. then shortly I realized that um, in order to salvage my marriage, I have to do something else. So <laughs> that's when, that's when I, um, they recruited me to expand um, uh, Verona Fiera. So first of all, Vinitaly is just a brand. It's not okay. an old organization. It's not a company. It's just a brand. The owner of this brand is called Verona Fiere, which is the exhibition company that originally recruited me to um, expand, develop some international, uh, um, I guess, do some M&A, stuff like that um, abroad. So I was Mm -hmm. I got really excited about Hong Kong. And then I got I got the wine book because I saw Vinitaly and I said, there's so much potential and so much to do for Italian wine. And that's when I started. I uh, started taking over Vinitaly, starting products, uh, new products like, you know, opera wine, which is kind of like wine experience. But in Italy with mm-hmm. the top Italian wine producers, I do uh, Vinitaly International Academy. And then something that I'd love to talk about with you guys today is called Wine to Wine, which which is an annual business forum that takes place in Verona every year. Well, and so that's, you know, that's, I, I came to wine to wine basically right when I met you five years ago, um, you were re- nice enough when Vine Pair was very, very young to ask me to speak, which was very kind. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah, I don't know what you're thinking either. Um, and then you were an intern for us, which is pretty fun. <laughs> yes. Yes. Because, well, be, hi, well, I was your intern because you were my second choice, as you know. I know you. I know I, you were. I, I wanted I to uh, intern for uh, Gary Vaynerchuk. Yeah, but that, you I mean, know, you would have learned a lot less than you learned with us. <laughs> yeah, I, actually, yeah, you're right. You're right. I love that experience, actually. That is actually on my resume. I love so. it. When yeah. was this? Uh, 2018 summer. Okay, so you yeah, had started yeah. Wine to Wine in 2014. Is that right? Uh, we start, this is the ninth edition. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, yes. And how has it changed over the years? Well, first of all, it, um, Joanna, you've never been, but it is, um, it is absolutely, um, I would say an extension of Vinitaly, which is the chaotic charm about it. So it is a wine business form. I used to do or organize workshops during Vinitaly, mostly dedicated to the wine producers. Mm-hmm. And then I had the best people coming from all over the world to do workshops and nobody showed up because, and rightly so, because the producers were too busy making the sales and making the contacts and, um, right there in know. their booth the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. They're in their commercial modes. So I said, I need to do this after the harvest, before the Christmas holidays, when I can just um, do the training and um, share business ideas and not have the wine, you know, the tasting bit of it. 
So that's why I started that. And in the beginning, um, we made it. The first edition um, was quite successful because it was free for everybody. (laughs) So it was massive. I think I had like twenty five hundred attendees. It was and the rooms were overflowing. So there are three, three uh, parallel um, workshops and one room can even contain like six hundred people. This is obviously pre COVID Mm -hmm. at the time. And all the rooms were overflowing. Like people are sitting on staircase and whatnot. So, wow. so I had to kind of think about smaller scale, um, which was which meant about always seventy workshops, but hundred speakers, and um, we had about fifteen hundred attendees. This was all pre-COVID. So, I mean, Adam's been so it's quite large, mm-hmm. you know, type of experience, especially for the wine world. I think. Yeah, I mean, I would say it's the only conference I've been to for the wine world like this, like everything else that's sort of a conference slash event always has like some sort of, as you were saying in the beginning, trade component connected to it, where there are people in their commercial modes, where there are people who are trying to still sell or get their wines recognized. And then like this business conference is always connected to it. Maybe there's a few talks at, you know, Vin Expo here in New York or things like that, but there's nothing like this, which is really interesting because you would think that there would have been earlier and there just wasn't. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a bloodbath to organize something yeah. like this, right? Especially in the wine, because there's not money in wine like in spirits, obviously. Mm-hmm. And we're doing this completely dedicated. I'm not I'm not saying this is an altruistic thing, but mostly to share business ideas, to promote, um, to help uh, facilitate uh, wine producers so that they can go out to the rest of the world and communicate better and promote and, and train people mm-hmm. about their wines but of course we have um especially from the speakers um a lot we have from that bucket we have international speakers right so automatically when you have 100 international speakers it does become an international event mm-hmm. uh you know um so kind of a long-winded answer to your question Joanna, is that um I think it is it hasn't changed in the soul, like in the um, anima of the of the event. Mm -hmm. But what has changed significantly the past couple of years. So we've been kind of, you know, going along more or less the same, um, you know, having different speakers, but like the what we call the critical, you know, the zoccolo, which means the, the main founders, the main speakers, they always come to give some continuity mm-hmm. of the discussion from one year to the next. During COVID, a um, couple of things happened. One was that we had to, we didn't know it until the last minute what we had to do, like most of us. Mm-hmm. So the um, the first year of COVID we, was the first edition completely online, which allowed us to actually have speakers from all over the world who would have not come maybe maybe in person, but they were able to connect. So in that sense, uh, it was rich in program and participation of the speakers, Mm -hmm. as well as the attendees, because we did live streaming and um, you had replay afterwards. Last last year was a hybrid edition, which was interesting. So it was, um, you know, partially uh, online and partially in person this year. Okay, get ready for this. 
I am going to turn the clock back and make it only in-person event. Wow. And, and I know this is kind of um, perhaps it's a bit controversial. It's, it's, it's counterintuitive when everybody's talking about, um, you know, making, you know, the virtual and the Zoom and, and how we have progressed. But to be quite honest, I personally feel that we have digressed because we're not really listening to each other. Um, that well mm-hmm. anymore yeah. and we are definitely missing the face-to-face so I, I actually I don't know if this is legal but I want to sequester all iPhones at entrance and you know I'm a bit of a Nazi so I can yeah. probably try to do this but I don't know if it's legal so I'll, <laughs> I will have to yeah. consult my legal department about this um, because I I am so tired of everyone just being on their damn phones yeah. when people are talking. Very short attention span. It's really interesting yeah. to hear you bring that up because, you know, I attended a conference recently that was a hybrid and they really don't work no. because if people are paying attention to what's happening in the room, then, right, so like the organizers, et cetera, I'm talking about, they're not really paying attention to people online who might be asking questions or having difficulties, et cetera. If they're projecting more to people who are online, they might not be paid attention to people in the room. I do think in all of this post-COVID world, people are going to have to choose, right? Are you fully remote? Are you back in the office? Are you at a conference and you're at the conference or are you creating a conference completely for online? Like I'm seeing so many organizations make this decision mm-hmm. that I, you know, I'm not surprised that it's a, one that you made as well. I think it's just too challenging to do hybrid yeah. And to, to optimize it for, for both, for everyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Someone gets, someone gets screwed when it's opti- when it's, when it's hybrid, yeah. like someone does, someone feels like they paid money that wasn't worth it or blah, blah, blah. So you just say like, this is what it is. If everyone's in person, I like this. Yeah. I mean, in, in Italian, I don't know if there's a saying in English because now I think in Italian as well, there's a saying like, it's not meat nor fish. Right. Mm -hmm. Meaning it's like something in between you. You don't know what it is. And I feel like I want to make an emphasis. I want to, yes, be prolific in terms of content as well as the, you know, attendees and everything that we used to do. But I want I feel like the lost art of listening has to come back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think another thing that's interesting about the conference is it's 100 percent English, right? No, this year. Okay, so this is Joanna. Something also, I'm changing a little bit. There will be a bit more love for Italians because mm. um, I got a lot of, you know, I got a lot of criticism. Yeah, you know, and people, yeah. of course, yeah, you know, you were just that's, that's an euphemism, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. So um, I got a lot of slack because. Actually, a lot of um, the wine producers thought this was just an English event. And we do have simultaneous translation, mind you, but we never, people didn't perceive it at that way. So we lost a lot of the Italian audience and mm. I want to bring them back. So we will be doing some sessions in Italian just because it is relevant just for the Italians. Right. We're talking about this year, the, you know, there's always a main topic, right? So, of course, we talk about all the different markets um, because that is important, but this the main theme of the uh, wine to wine this year is wine communication. 
So we'll have a bunch of agencies, a bunch of um, communicators, um, because if you think about it, if you you look at the communication that goes in wine today, from one side, it's all about, you know, the vineyards and the Mm -hmm. wine productions and and the cantina and the winery and the winemaking, what goes, you know, how you make that wine. And then the other spectrum is like masterclasses, right, or the Psalms or and all that between this all happens because, you know, people who work in the communication you know, make this happen. So I want to bring in all the people who are specialized in communication and education and promotion. Mm-hmm. So we, the focus will really be about that, um, I, which I think we need to go back and um, kind of reshape in a way and to kind of the state of the art of where we are in terms of wine communication. So that will be the main focus this year. Mm -hmm. And hence, I wanted to really make force people to listen to each other in a way. How many attendees are international? I was just going to ask that. Yeah. Yeah. There are 1500 attendees this year, right? No, we don't know that yet because we've just started the uh, the ticket sales and it's only in person this year. We will go do the um, online tickets afterwards, but mm-hmm. it will be delayed, you know, because I do want to make sure that everybody gets a chance to be fully involved in the uh, in-person mm-hmm. event. Um, I'm thinking we'll get, because of also COVID regulations, we still have that. I think we're going to get about 800 to 900 people. That's okay. my my estimate now. And I would say the international attendees would be about 20, 25%. Okay. Because often, you know, we have a lot of people, even coming from like Croatia, Slovenia, we, have, we got a bunch of people from Slovenia. Wow. We are going to still be missing um, quite a bit of Asia. So that's why the number might be lower sure. than previous years, because although there are a lot of the restrictions are have been um, improved, yeah. yeah, not lifted completely, but improved because still like in Hong Kong, you still have mandatory one one week um, quarantine um you know, at, at your expense, right? Mm-hmm. So you, it's still quite costly uh, for people. And we had a huge Hong Kong delegation mm-hmm. in the past. China is kind of out of the question. Japan, so-so. So Asia still is not, will be missing um, this year, I think. It won't be a big protagonist. Mm-hmm. Um, but Europeans uh, tend to come more readily because it's easier. They can also just drive it, right? Yeah, you get a so, lot of Brits. Yeah, we get we get we get quite a bit of the English, but we also we are getting more, you know, also, you know, people from like, I don't know, Latvia or Poland, um, Croatia, as I've said before. Mm-hmm. So I think we are tapping into and Switzerland is very easy. The Swiss will come over mm-hmm. um, um, we still have to work on the Germans, but listen, I mean, let's let's say it like it, it is like we don't know the evolution of COVID. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could be completely, you know, um, messed up here, 
you know, if there are, like I said, complete new form of evolution of uh, another variant that we cannot control, I kind of feel like we are learning how to cohabitate with COVID. I don't know about you guys. Um, in Europe, we opened a lot earlier where we started doing events. We did Vinitaly this year in April, which was still like very question mark period. Um, so I feel like we can really do this in November this year in person. That's great. So what are some of the things that you're most excited about for this year? Some of the, the speakers, I mean, besides obviously the, the best stuff that's going to come from the team at VinePair, but otherwise, <laughs> yeah. otherwise, know, otherwise, I'm, I'm, excited I, I'm actually excited about, do you know, um, I, I think, you, have you met Hobie Wedla? No. I've seen Hobie, though, speak at different forums, mm-hmm. and he's amazing. Yeah, so what we're going to do is actually have him conduct in the auditorium, just two wines. We're going to have him conduct a blind tasting yeah. by a blind person. Oh, that's you know? cool. And so everyone's going to be, uh, it, we're going to be tasting blind. And I think it's some experience. This is um, that we want to do together. I've never done it before, but of course he is such a great motivational speaker as well mm-hmm. and educator. So I'm pretty uh, excited about that. Awesome. Um, yeah. And we just have a great um, energy of people who want to come back. Right. Right. And and I think that's it's kind of the first real comeback edition. So, you know, Adam, you know, a lot of the people really top speakers in their field Mm -hmm. and they will be coming back to really give their best because they really want to connect with real people again. Yes. So I'm mostly excited about, to be quite honest, seeing people once again, you know, and you know how like I mean. I don't know. I have to kind of confess. I was not really missing like this. You know how the Italians are crazy about the kissing and the hugging stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and you almost kind of felt like you had to do it. Even people you didn't really care for. Right. <laughs> so like, I was like, I was kind of enjoying that, you know, tranquility. But there are some people I really like and miss and, you know, Aww. that I want to hug again, you know. Yeah. So um, I think that's going to be fun. And as you know, it's not just during the business forum. So um, another thing that I'm looking forward to is, you know, Italy, they're opening just across the street. Yeah. Um, so Wait, so Italy's opening some, across the yeah, street of Verona, of Verona Fiore? Yes, yes. I didn't realize it was across the street. Yeah, it's literally across the street. So we'll be doing some events there, some, some partying and some, you know, so it'll be fun as well there. How big is it compared? Compared to like others in New York, et cetera, are they are they as oh, huge? Oh, it's, it's huge! Yeah, it's huge. It's going to be huge. It's an it's an old ice making factory. Wow! That's so really I have cool. I actually interviewed Oscar. So that's coming out. Um, I'm going to uh, drop that maybe in, oh, in on about, your podcast on your yeah podcast. on my podcast. <laughs> What's it called? Yeah, are you trying, trying to get a little bit of a a plug here. Plug. What's it called? No, no, no. It's it's called Italian Wine Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, no. I don't want to do any name drop. No, all good. It's already um, happened. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so um, yeah. So it's it's unbelievable. It's an old ice making uh, factory. Is that what's behind earth. that wall across the street? I always wondered what that was. 
Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a big rotunda. You can't miss. It's absolutely gorgeous. And so it's right across the street. So we'll be doing some things there as well with the speakers. Um, it'll just be a lot of opportunities to network because, you know, a lot of things happen also outside. Totally. Right. Because during the conference, I'm pretty I'm a pretty Nazi about it. So I'm very strict about everyone going into their rooms and listening to the session. So but there will be some some moments that we will um, integrate an extra kind of networking um moments so that we can kind of you know make up for lost time in a way cool amazing well cv this sounds like an amazing conference we're very excited how would if people wanted to register to come where would they get more information uh wine to wine.net cool so just wine the number two and then wine yes dot net awesome well and what are the dates again it's 7 8th of um november cool so early november Verona. Right around Verona, come on. Why would you not want to go? Yeah, exactly. Like the best. Well, thank yeah. you so much. We don't want to take up too much of your time. As the queen bee of Italian wine, I'm sure you have <laughs> lots of other things to take care of today. Thank you so much, Stevie. <laughs> See Thanks, you Stevie. soon, you guys. Bye. See you soon. Thanks so much for listening to the Vine Pair Podcast, the flagship podcast of the Vine Pair Podcast Network. If you love listening to this show, or even if you don't, but I really hope that you do, as much as we really do love making it, then please drop us a review or a rating wherever it is that you get your podcast, whether that be iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere. If you are listening to this on a device right now through an app, however you got this audio, please drop a review. It really helps everyone else discover the show. And now for some totally awesome credits. So, the Vine Pair Podcast is recorded in our New York City headquarters and in Seattle, Washington, in Zach Chabal's basement. It is recorded by Zach, mastered, and produced by Zach. He loves all the credit. Keep giving it to him. Drop his name in the reviews. He's going to love hearing how much you love him. It is also recorded in New York City by our tastings director, Keith Beavers, who is the managing director of the entire Vine Pair Podcast Network. I'd also love to give a shout out to our editor-in-chief, Joanna Sherino, who joins us on every single podcast as our third and most important host. Thank you as well to the entire VinePair staff and everyone who's been involved in making VinePair as special as it's become. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next week.